Hello and welcome to a very special episode of In Transit with Sunday Bee. We are recording from New York City in honor of our 300th episode and marking the sixth year of the podcast. It is 1 p.m. in New York, 8 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 1 a.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I'm an intercultural strategist, transformation facilitator, and solution-oriented coach. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed through any life transition. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me in celebrating this 300th episode. Today is a huge milestone in my life and in the life of this podcast, and of course, for my business, and I hope as a community. And this is why I'm even more excited that I am recording this live from New York City, because as I'll tell you in a moment, New York holds a special significance to the podcast. And just a warning, I flew in last night, I'm a little bit jet-lagged, and my heart is wide open. So (laughs) I hope not to get too mushy in this episode, but you've been fairly warned. I am humbled that you are still with me. (laughs) 300 episodes in, it's been an incredible journey. And to celebrate that, I wanted to give you a sneak peek on how it all got started and then highlight the last most recent 100 episodes um, in three ways. First, a sneak peek into some of the personal evolution that was going on in my own world, how that impacted and how you saw that come through in the podcast. Then also from a business perspective, what seeped through. And then of course, I want to talk about the impact on my clients and my listeners, which episodes sort of hint to that, and then maybe a little bit about what's next. So, oh, here we go. I've been thinking about this all morning. This morning I woke up, um, I got a great night's sleep considering the fact that um, I'm on a six hour time difference and I walked around the city. I saw Rockefeller Center. I saw Uh, Times Square. I went to Central Park. I went to Grand Central Station and it just lifted my spirits. And I've made a few special episodes around the city or a few videos for you around the city to sort of honor and celebrate this event. So if you haven't seen them on social media, do check them out. Um, Because New York is a little bit a birthplace of the podcast. And I'll tell you a little bit about how that came. Now, In 2016, I was working with a media team, a media agent, to help get my message out there uh, more. I'm all about impact, and we were looking at ways that I can create more impact for those that I want to serve the most. And one of the things that we did is we distilled the years and years and years of learning and strategies that had been coming up in my coaching for my community into a program called Adapt and Succeed. And um, that's how we got to, to get to know each other and work together. And I came to New York City, I recorded the podcast, and um, we had a wonderful time together. He was very, very direct with me. And when I got back, he said, listen, Sunday, I know you're ambitious. He said, I know that you want to make an impact. But if you want to make an impact, you have to stop blogging. He goes, I've seen you. I've met you. People need to experience you. He said, you need to stop blogging and start a podcast. If you want to make an impact, that's the way you're going to do it. So here I am. I don't even listen to podcasts. I hate the sound of my voice. And he's telling me I should start a podcast right? So he convinced me (laughs) because I am super committed to this idea of making an impact. I knew I would be able to reach more people um, if I did that, right? And for me, this is so personal. Your journey is personal. My journey is personal. And, And writing, while a really effective medium, isn't always the best way to, to convey that. So In around November, December 2016, I recorded the first episodes 
of the podcast. And at that time, it was called Expat Happy Hour. And we released them January 30th, 2017. So if you haven't checked them out, do not check them out. (laughs) They're awful. Um, I mean, they're good content, but when I listen to the quality of my recordings, I listen to what I was doing then. Oh my God, I was such a beginner. But you know what? I am, I sucked at it. I did, but I'm proud of myself because I learned how to do it by doing it. I didn't wait until I was good to start. I started and I grew. And this is what I teach my clients all the time, right? So when I look back on episode one, two, three, four, probably very early, you know, the first couple dozen, there's like um, change shame where I'm I have a podcast episode on this. We'll have to link it for you. But where I have a little bit of shame around how much I've changed. I'm proud of how I've developed, but I'm shaming around where I used to be. And um, I'm grateful those episodes are still live because I can honor my growth. And I even had a, I did this uh, challenge inside my free community in Transit Hub, and I shared one of the old episodes, I think like episode three about celebrating, and it's still really relevant content-wise. And one of the members of my community um, said she'd noticed a dramatic difference from those early episodes to my new episodes. And she said, um, not as a criticism of how bad the first episode was, it was a compliment of the growth. And so I'm keeping it out there. Honestly, God, my stomach turns when I think about it. But if you've been here since 2017, thank you for sticking with me. Um, and if you want to celebrate the journey of building competence, just listen to the earlier episodes and then listen to the the ones now. Like that's what growth is. It doesn't happen by itself. You don't achieve mastery by hiding, right? You put your skin in the game and you go for it. Anyway, that's a little rant, but it's relevant to the journey. So back in January, 2017, we had four episodes that went live so that when people were interested, they could listen to more than one, had some amazing guests on early in the show. And I thank them for their support before I even had an audience. Right. And, um, and then I just went for it every week, putting out episodes and, here we are 300 episodes later. I had no idea then that I would be recognized on lists as top XYZ podcasts, right? That I was able to look on the tracking and um, find out that my podcast was consistently in the top 5% globally. Like what the heck? Um, So this is only happening because of you. And thank you for your trust in, in my messages and in my guests in my ideas and everything I do is centered on what I'm learning in my life, in my community and with my clients. So thank you for being part of that. Today, as I said, I'm going to focus on three things. My personal evolution in the last 100 episodes, what's been going on and how that has trickled through um, into the episodes. Then we'll focus on a bit about my business and then talk about some of the client impacts that hopefully can help you as well if you haven't heard those episodes. So this last hundred episodes, I've done a reflection at at episode 100. I had some amazing friends and clients celebrate with me and they made this gorgeous video. I'll have to dig that up again. And I celebrated 100 episodes, 200 episodes in, I talked about the consistency commitment, how being consistent. I had 200 episodes week after week without a break and had lots of challenges in the meantime and how, why I why that's important for your business. And now in this one, 300, I think it's important to highlight how we bring our own ambitious transformations, our own life in transition, how that um, becomes transparent in everything that we do and how it can enrich everything that we do. But it is a process of having to be courageous to make it happen. So what probably you saw happening um, before it became official is I was already going through a personal transformation and a business transformation, but my branding and the naming and, and everything hadn't caught up yet. This was back in May, 2021. I did an episode, episode 226 called The Space Women Crave. And this was so vulnerable for me. 
it it felt almost like I don't want to appropriate the term coming out, but it felt like this revealing of something inside on the outside. And it was very close to my heart. I felt it very deeply. And I hadn't yet shared it with the world. And the space women crave ended up being my battle cry for what would be wisdom fusion and intergenerational learning. So here is something that I was going through personally and was inspired by a series of conversations with women that I care about and um, create a manifesto. Here's a little sample. I believe. I believe that each woman has wisdom inside of her that is hard earned. Wisdom and experience that is underestimated at best, undervalued at worst. I believe that this wisdom may be buried under layers of shame, humility, or self-doubt, and thus has not yet seen the light of day, nor reached the capacity to fully touch other women's lives. I believe that each woman has hard-earned life experience, and if shared, the resulting wisdom from this collected insight could benefit another woman to overcome similar challenges. So there you go, me bearing my soul on what I believe. And as I said, this became a battle cry or an invitation to explore intergenerational wisdom. It resulted in a community of women age 20 to 70 plus. We spent eight weeks together having deep conversations, learning and connecting. And there's still so much more that I realize I haven't shared about this experience. And when I was preparing for this episode, I realized I'm basically sitting on a treasure chest of wisdom that I gained during that special year together. We started out eight weeks and then we can continue to connect over the year and are still in connection. And it made me think maybe that's something I should do in 2023, share that more with you. But it is, it is, it's been powerful. If you haven't read the entire manifesto, check out the Wisdom Fusion link. Um, it also led to an article being published in Forbes on the topic and lifetime friendships. It also was the springboard for me to to get connected to other topics, which I'll share more about with you, and then learn and get to know experts in the field. So from something that was so deeply personal, and I and I took that space in my heart and in my business, and um, I'm grateful for that. So what led into that, right, is uh, beyond all the things I've mentioned before, was in a much deeper awareness around not only the reason why intergenerational learning is so important for all of us, but also a greater awareness of the importance of battling ageism. So I was able to get to know a group of experts who are making massive contributions in the field in terms of intergenerational learning, uh, dismantling ageism, focusing on more positive psychology around ageism to extend our life. And that is all because of my own personal journey. And I was able to share that with you. Um, and, and I'm so excited to, to share their wisdom, the, the guests that joined me with you as well. So just briefly, if you haven't checked out those episodes, please do go back to episode 287, Dismantling Ageism with Ashton Applewhite. She is a UN award-winning author of the book, This Chair Rocks. She has many, many other accolades to her name and her expertise is is really top class. Here's a little bit of what she had to say about ageism. You talk about how ageism casts a shadow over our entire lives. Can you say more about the scope of that? Ageism Mm -hmm. is any judgment on the basis of age. Anytime Mm -hmm. we make an assessment of what we think someone is capable of because of how old we think they are, sometimes it's called reverse ageism when it's directed against young people, but it's just ageism. We don't need that extra label. And that is why it casts a shadow across our entire lives. Although we live in a youth-obsessed culture in the West Mm -hmm. where youth is Mm -hmm. commodified. So I will Mm -hmm. say that older people bear the brunt of it. 
Ashton was so amazing. She and I were able to connect later and we did a special feature inside my community in Transit Hub on the intersections of ageism and sexism. So if you haven't checked that out, then join us in the In Transit Community Hub and we'll make sure that you have access to that. In episode 288, The Intergenerational Garden with Rabbi Chaim Herring, we did so much laughing and heart-to-heart talking about the importance of intergenerational learning and what we can do to nurture our friendships and nurture intergenerational connection and why it is so important. So here's a little bit from that interview. Some friends of mine in, um, you know, good friends are gardeners. Mm. And one day a friend of mine was talking about his perennials and describing how, you know, it's the same root system, but every year, you know, the flowers die off. Um, They form seeds for the next iteration. They're nourished from the same root system, but they look different. But you could also mm-hmm. see similarities. And I, I, I was stopped in my tracks. Mm. I thought, wow, that is the human task, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really to relinquish that which has restrained mm. us, mm. Um, to retain that mm-hmm. which is still helpful, and then to make sure that we're planting seeds for renewal that still has some continuity with the past. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what age you are. Mm -hmm. You may not have the awareness, depending upon your human development stage, that Mm -hmm. that's what you're a part of. But Mm -hmm. that's something that I think by making, um, by articulating explicitly, right, we can be reminded, oh, we we each Mm -hmm. have a role in this. We we have Mm -hmm. a, a stake in one another's success. I was delighted to have Natasha Ginivan join us in episode 289, Aging and Positive Psychology. She helped me really see um, the importance from a social scientific perspective, why we need to pay attention to our language when it comes around aging. Have a listen. Um, do you do you see patterns in attitudes to aging and how people are treated? Yes, I mean, I, I have to say that, like, unfortunately, ageism and things like elder abuse can occur in, you know, collectivist cultures, and it's known from a recent report from the World Health Organization that, um, you know, like one in two people have moderate to high ageist attitudes. However, I think that, yeah, you know, when you have um, cultures where individuals are sort of raised to be um, mindful of, you know, keeping group harmony with this idea that they probably should, you know, show some respect to their elders, I think that informs your thinking as you grow up that, you know, not only is that a great thing to keep group harmony within the family structures, um, but it's also for your own sort of psyche around aging and your own future self, you'll feel better because we know from the research that um, Professor Becca Levy and many others in that space do that as we transition through uh, aging and sort of, you know, as we get older, if we haven't had more of these more positive attitudes around aging when we're younger, we can, our own negative attitudes can actually turn on us as we get older and that's Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we sort of are recognizing now more and more with with the research i think what i appreciated most about this series is that by looking at the lens of ageism we were also able to see how that bias and stereotyping actually is compounded by all the other ways that we stereotype and have bias against people. So if we enter through the access or the lens of ageism, we're actually able to see the implications of other forms of discrimination even more clearly. So it helps as if we don't need more sense of urgency, <laughs> but it helps see with even greater clarity on the sense of urgency that we have to break down some of the biases that we have and the structures that are in place that actually harm all of us and harm some of us 
way more than others. And it's through that lens of ageism that we can begin to have that conversation. Okay, so far I've talked about my personal journey, looking at this lens of intergenerational wisdom and ageism, but uh, there's one topic that was, how should I say this? Equally uncomfortable or uncomfortable in a very different way for me. And that happened in episodes 281 and 282. Now, growing up as a kid in the Midwest from a Lutheran family, we talked about the S word. And the S word <laughs> is sex. Honestly, it was kind of a taboo topic in my family. And that obviously impacted me growing up in the way in which I felt comfortable talking about sex with my friends and publicly. Even when I say this now, I'm like, oh, what are you doing Sunday? Why are you talking to people about this subject? So I notice the um, restriction I have grown up with culturally, this taboo I've grown up culturally around the topic. So when I invited Irene Fair onto the podcast to talk about sex and connection, it was a huge personal stretch for me. And at the same time, it was really liberating. So Irene and I spent two episodes talking about the intersection between sex and connection. Here is a listen. So it kind of sounds like you're talking about connection and vulnerability is a way to go beyond like our primal physical needs. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. that like I physically haven't had sex in X amount of time. Now my body wants to have sex versus we haven't had sex in a while and we need to infuse vulnerability and connection to almost create desire before that physical sort of level is met, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And you put it beautifully. It's the difference between I and the bio, the biological urges mm -hmm. and we, as in sex, as the connective element in a couple. Right. And so in friction sex, it's all based on I and me and my urges and my desire for my partner. The, the we part is part of actually the, uh, the third type of sex, which is connection sex, which is really the one that's sustainable and that gets created over time. This is why friction sex and then the next type of sex that I'm about to share, they naturally die out. They naturally have a shelf life mm. that doesn't make them sustainable. So episode 281 wasn't enough. There was too much to talk about. So I invited her back to episode 282, where we talked even more about the connection between emotion, sex, and connection. Here's what she had to say. Without that emotional connection, that's going to allow both people to really tune into each other and create something new, like something new that really fits the moment. That physical pleasure is going to go away or it's going to be really minimal. Create like, yeah, something okay. new to fit the moment. Create something new to fit the moment. That's yeah. really beautiful. Uh, you yeah. specialize in long-term relationships. So yes. I'm thinking that's like, that's a lot to ask for. Creating something new for <laughs> to fit the moment when you've been together for 25 years, 30 years. What is it that people need to keep that spirit? Well, the first and really biggest thing is to let go of this idea that you know your partner mm. because you don't. Mm. This old idea that once we do something sexually, that is how we are, is really damaging and it's very limiting to our human potential. Mm. Who we were sexually at 16 is not who we are at 46 and 66 and 86. Now, these episodes are among some of my most listened episodes, and I am, because of that, so proud of myself for getting over myself, pushing myself to have this conversation so that you can have this conversation either with yourself or with your intimate partner, right, or with your friends, whatever it is to 
not have it as a taboo, to be able to have this conversation because it impacts our emotional health, it impacts our relationships, it impacts our physical health, right? So this is an example of some of the ways I pushed myself in the last 100 episodes so that I could impact you. All right. Obviously, this is just a taste of my own personal evolution that happened in the last 100 episodes, but you can see it filtering through in the episodes, right? And um, they also came through through my business. So here's a little sneak peek, as promised, into my business evolution. Now, if you have been following my community and my business closely, you might have noticed that at the start of 2022, um, I did what's called a brand evolution, or at least what I'm calling a brand evolution. By the way, 2022 feels like, I don't know, a thousand years ago. <laughs> but what happened was I what we were seeing in the original episode of The Space Women Crave, where I talked about intergenerational learning, we started to see how what I wanted to talk about and what I really believed in, what I was hungry to discuss and bring into the world wasn't always connected to expat topics. It was connected always to expats because we're humans and because we're in transition, right? But I was more interested in the juicy parts of life rather than the one layer of the multiple layers of our identities, right? Or one layer of our lived experience. I was no longer comfortable with centering the global mobility aspect of our identity. And at the same time, I always wanted to center what was at core to that identity, and that was transition. Right. So you started to see that happen back with that episode where I wanted more space to talk about juicier things. And then I was able to do the business evolution to bring my brand and naming an alignment with that to give me more space to talk to you about more. Right. So I was able to take what I was already talking to my clients about our lives in transit, our ambitious goals, how our lives are always in transit transformation, whether it's internally led or externally led or performance led, that was always happening in my business with my clients. I just hadn't met it transparent to you yet, to everyone yet, right? And I did this episode where I gave kind of an inside scoop on that process in an interview with Amel Deregi from Tandem Nomad. So I'll put that in the show notes if you're interested to get a behind the scenes view. So what was going on for me in the beginning of 2022 was sharing with you my own ambitious transformation and life and business in transition, and then helping you see how that was happening in your own life, right? So part of that was happening at the beginning of the year. You noticed my branding changed. Some of the namings were changing. The podcast name changed. And it was, um, it felt so right to do so. Even though I have to be honest, I was scared to do so. I didn't want to lose you. I didn't want to disappoint you. I didn't want to make you mad by changing something that you were attached to. And I realized it was actually the opposite, that people appreciated it and they felt more space for themselves as well and even more seen. So anyway, thank you again for being so kind and generous in that trans transition for myself and my business. So in episode 266, we talked about the constant transition. And here is where I'm different from other transfer uh, transition specialists. Most of the time, when you hear literature in the global mobility space, they talk about transition and there is a beginning, a middle and an end. And um, what I really want to say is I call bullshit on that. Sorry, that's my real frank way of saying that. That is not how that works. I wish it were that tidy. Transitions are messier than that. Our lives are not linear. Our emotions are not li linear. We have too many layers of our lives and our identity and the complexity of things that we're managing for it to be A plus B equals C. And so I took a stand in that, and that's where we talk about transition, the constant transition. And now when I introduce this framework to my clients, they're able to give them more themselves more grace for 
how they feel in their own transition and their own ambitious transformation because they are able to see the complexity, to see the multi-layers that are happening. So if you haven't heard the full episode, go to it, 266, The Constant Transition, and here is a little taste. The only constant is change. The only constant is change. We know that, but do we accept it in our whole hearts and bodies? Are you radically committed to living your life in transit with purpose and meaning, right? Living our lives in transit with purpose and meaning is dropping that filter and looking at it and saying, okay, now what? right? Where's my agency? What can I do? Right? It's recognizing that transitions are happening always. And it feels like they're coming from within us or happening to us, right? And sometimes these changes are welcome and sometimes they're dreaded. I hear that and it's hard. Sometimes our lives are in transition because we self-initiated it. And sometimes it's imposed by others. And you can feel powerless. Sometimes it feels right. And other times it might be met with resistance from yourself or from your loved ones or your community members, right? That is what I'm talking about in this living in transit. How do we live in transit and both hold on to our agency and personal power and recognize the power these personal, familial, health, community, and global transitions have on us all at the same time. As you can see, the episode is all about really tapping into your own personal power when you feel like everything else is changing. Go ahead and check out the other episodes that were in that series because we talk about defining ambitious on your own terms and three levels of transformation that are happening to you, whether it's internally led, externally led or performance led. Sometimes it's all three at the same time. <laughs> so check that out if you haven't read it or listened to it. We have transcripts available. We have the audio and we have now video since August 2022. So check it out. Now, as I said, my own life and business has been in transit since 2016, right? And one of the things and in, in one of the ways in which it has been in transformation is that I have increasingly amplified my commitment to showing up more responsibly as a business owner and in doing my own work as it relates to social justice. And I say it forefront, fallibly, imperfectly, and inconsistently, but continuing to commit and recommit to the work. And Trudy LeBron has been such a powerful mentor to me on that front, along with a host of another, you know, a whole list of other amazing thought leaders in the field. But she has been someone who's been by my side and she articulates um, something in this episode, which I'll let you listen to that I originally learned also from Naomi Hadaway. Um, when she came on the podcast and we talked about linking arms, about how can we be more intentional in the spaces we create. And because of that, that impacted what I talked about before with my community of wisdom fusion. It impacts how I do my work now. In fact, what it's done, it has slowed things down on some levels to create depth and richness so that later we can work together more adeptly. So you'll hear in episode 293, Responsible Leadership with Trudy LeBron, a little bit more about that intentionality and why that matters. I think across the board, when you start to think about building a company, a business, an institution, you know, whatever size, even a nonprofit, really anything when you're, that, you're, that gathers people, when you start thinking about how people will engage in the space and what you're going to need to provide so that they have equitable access that they can fully participate, it makes the experience better for everyone because mm -hmm. everyone now can be contributing at a capacity 
that they wouldn't be able to contribute if you had these like inequities. And I think that that's, you know, when we look at any of the data around companies that are diverse, that have better outcomes and, you know, better problem solving, like there's all these, all this research around the benefits of it. What, what is true is that you get that, you only get those kinds of benefits when the environment isn't just Mm -hmm. diverse, but that is equitable, right? Like it's the, it's, it's not just that people showed up, it's that people are contributing. Right. And so if you if you don't have an environment or if you only have an environment where people get to show up but they can't contribute, you don't get any of the benefits right. of, you know, kind of having that diverse equitable space. So you can see in that episode we talk about the intentions and how having clear intentions to create that space actually leads to more equitable treatment and results, right? The next idea about intentionality comes out clearly in the episode 297 with Naomi Hathaway, where she's back on the podcast and she helped me shift my focus on the idea of legacy, where we take the idea of legacy as something that we leave behind. And she actually says it's something you can set as an intention to carve the path forward. And that is something that has shifted how I see myself, the impact I'll leave with my work, my business, and as an individual. So here it is with Naomi Hathaway in Legacy by Design, episode 297. If we flip the switch and toggle forward thinking instead of only in the back, that lets us lay out this beautiful runway of what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want it to align to your values? And then you can pull in whatever you're working on, a project, a team you're working with, whether it's an individual journey, whether it's even as simple as preparing for your own death, which is something we all have to face, you can then lean into your values and lean into a way that really does create that legacy. So a lot of times we also think about the red thread of our life and looking back, what are the things that um, that that stay true as we navigate different things and navigate different projects and experiences? And we always look back and say, well, that's the red thread. All right, there you have it. I feel like I've just bared my soul to you about my own personal and professional journey in the last 100 of these 300 episodes. I do that because I want you to see the transformation, the transitions that have been happening in my own life and how that manifests in in what I share with you, right? I think it's important that we make transparent um, our own journeys. So when you're on yours, that it is normalized and you can see why it is worth it. Why is the work worth it? Because none of this I've shared with you has been easy. <laughs> none of it has come uh, naturally. It has come from within, but it has come with, with some attachment to letting go of old patterns and letting in new patterns, right? And that is what I'm all about for you, right? I want to make an impact on you. And that's what all of this has always been about. And that's actually why I started this podcast to impact more of you. So in the last bit of this episode, I want to share with you a few episodes from the recent 100 that have impacted my clients or have shown the impact that engaging in these kind of ideas and in coaching, et cetera, can have on your own life. And episode 218 was kind of a spontaneous thing that happened. One uh, day I went into my community, the Intransit Hub. It's a free Facebook community that I have. And I said, hey, anybody want some free coaching? I'm going to offer that to you. And in exchange, we'll um, edit it, make it short and put it into a podcast. And I got an answer from someone in the community who is a regular member. She said, Sunday, I am feeling so stuck. I don't think this will help, but I'm willing to give it a try. And here's a glimpse of the big shift that happened in our mini session. It's called From Stuck to Sorted in 22 Minutes. Right. So if you're standing there on the road, how tight are the bungee cords right now? They're not, they're they're loose at the moment because I'm not, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm sort of just Mm -hmm. stood. They're, they're, um, yeah, they're okay because I'm making that decision, which way do I go? 
do mm-hmm. I don't even know what the right bungee cord is. I don't know what that one is. I know the left one is moving towards my dream. And I know straight mm-hmm. on is staying where I am now, on the path yep. that I am now, but I don't know what the right one is. I don't mm-hmm. know what that one is. Why don't you pause for a second? Just get quiet and listen for what that might be. I think it's fear. I just think it's fear. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it is a destination. I think it's just it's just fear. Sharon, I have chills up my arms right now. <laughs> I have tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> you yeah. are amazing. Look at how hard you're working and how how clear you are being with yourself on where you are in this process. Mm. So you can see chills up your arms, tears in the eyes. It was a powerful 22 minutes. And she was able to experience that because she said yes to herself. She said yes to the experiment of seeing what would happen if she focused on her needs for 2020 for 22 minutes. Right. And at the end of our session, this is what she said. I'm so grateful. Thank you for 20, 21 minutes and 18 seconds of your time. And <laughs> you have unblocked like this whole, when I jokingly put that comment on your, your Facebook page, I was like, oh, she's not going to do anything about it. And nobody can do anything about it. It's just going to have to fester for a while. And I didn't for one minute think I would get this opportunity to sit with you and to talk with you. And yeah, 21 minutes of your time. And I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm going yeah. So I hope what you're seeing from that episode is that it is possible to be sitting in a place of blocked and in less than 20 minutes, you can gain clarity and know what to do next, right? So it's all about impact. And this is an example of how impact can happen in a very short amount of time. It doesn't have to take long. It doesn't even have to be hard, right? So speaking of impact, here is an episode that I hear consistently from my clients and from my listeners that has shifted their perspective. And that is why I wanted to include it here in our special episode today. It's about knowing the difference between whether you need rest or recovery. And that is from from episode 269, rest versus recovery. Have a listen. This is an invitation to just think about your own life. One, are you resting on the weekends or is what you're doing really recovering, right? I talked to someone and they said that they feel bad when they go back to work on Monday because they spend their whole weekend doing nothing. It's because they're so exhausted from the week that they don't have energy to do anything else. So that's recovery and not rest. Right. So if that's you, if what you're doing is recovering (laughs) rather than resting, what needs to change during the week? So what you're doing is just putting a pause on your responsibilities. Or if you are in a situation where recovery is the next step, are you just telling yourself that rest is enough? Or are you actively building in time and space for the process of healing? And third, when you have something positive, like I've shared here, that you're really, we're thankful you get to do, have you taken the right steps to proactively plan in time for cleanup, cleanup after you've invested that extra time and energy in something, right? My hunch is that many of you can see yourselves in these scenarios because I'm seeing it all over me and I'm seeing it myself. So I hope you pause and answer those questions for yourself. And if you're not sure whether you're in recovery mode or need rest, chances are you probably are in recovery mode and need to do a bit more. So definitely check it out. All right. So I've shared a few ways in which clients have been impacted either through coaching or through an episode. And now I want to focus a little bit less on the personal side and more on the business side. And one of the episodes I want to draw your attention to is episode 278 called The Biology of Business. 
Here, I share what I call the head-to-toe exploration of your business. And this is exactly what I teach inside the program, Global Coach Coalition. I give you the categories and the key questions you need to be asking in your business from head to dough. Now, the thing is, I use this in my own business. When I was going through my brand evolution, I went back to my own material and I asked myself these critical questions. Listen in on this question that could change everything. When we're looking at head to toe analysis, this is a framework for you to do a deep dive in your business right now and see what areas need more attention and where you're doing just fine. So the first one is the head of your business. The head of your business is get in your head and ask the question, why? What is your big why? Right? Whether you're at the very start of your business, you ask yourself, why do I want to do this? What am I doing this for? But if you're in the middle of your business, you have to ask yourself, hey, this is hard. Why is this all worth it? (laughs) Right? So those are important questions to ask yourself about the head of your business. If you've been in business for a few years, you might want to ask yourself, does it still feel worth it? I I know it seems like kind of a contentious question to ask, but it's important to pause every once in a while and go, hey, does this really feel like I am living the type of business I intentionally try to create? Many times where I pause and I ask myself that same question and I say, ah, not quite. It doesn't feel exactly how I wanted. So now the question is, what has to change for things to feel even better? What has to change for me to want to move forward and have it feel completely worth it? So there you go. Start with the head of your business. Ask yourself, what is your why? And if you've been in business for a while, it is so important to revisit this question because your why changes. Now I'm hitting my 10th business anniversary in June this year. And my why has changed dramatically at least three times. And returning to your why will help you keep the alignment between what's going on for you personally and what's going on outside of you in your context, as well as what you want to be seeing in your business. So definitely ask yourself that question if you haven't already. This is what I use with my clients inside Global Coach Coalition. And we start with our why, but then we go through all the other parts. We talk about the face of our business, the heart of our business, the skeleton of our business, and more. Because if one thing in your system, right, let's say in your body, is impacted negatively, everything else is connected. And that is why it's important for you to do a head-to-toe analysis in your business every once in a while to make sure that things are on track. Because if you don't, you might be putting your attention in the wrong area of your business. And then you're going to lose time, money, energy, and joy in your business. So go ahead and check it out if you haven't already. Episode 278, The Biology of Your Business. All right, there you have it. I hope you've seen that this podcast started six years ago, 300 episodes ago, because I am so committed to impact. The impact on you, on your lives, in the way that you think, the way that you engage with your loved ones, the way that you show up for your business, the way that you experience your own transitions. And I have been committed to sharing the straight talk on our lives in transit since the beginning. So thank you for being here. I have much more ahead. (laughs) I'll tell you a little bit more. We are at episode 300. And there are a few things that I know for sure. And a few things that I am kind of in the messy middle of transition. All right, so I'm going to be really honest with you about that. Here are a few things that I know for sure. One, I am so excited that the program that I created in 2016 called Adapt and Succeed Abroad and has been tested and tried for um, uh, many people from all over the world as giving them tools to make their transitions 
easier and help their connections be deeper and to help find more purpose. I have redesigned it, added new material, upbranded it, just basically made it even better for you. This was a labor of love that started in June and July 2022 and is now ready for you to check out. So I know for sure that this year, the impact that I want to be making in the world will be through sharing insight like I have in my podcast all this time, but in a much deeper way through my online program. It's still really bite-sized learning, but we go deeper in a kind of self-coaching guide and you have the community of Global Coach Coalition coaches at your fingertips if you want to go further and help someone be by your side along the way besides me in teaching you the steps and strategies that have been tested in my global community. So check out Adapt and Succeed if you haven't already. It is the absolute fastest, most affordable way you can work with me and it's immediate. You don't have to make <laughs> any appointments online. You don't have to show up on Zoom. It's instantaneous and it's deep. It's fun. It's intimate. It's playful. It's professional. All of it, right? So check it out, Adapt and Succeed. It is for anyone whose life is in transition, which means it's for everyone. So check it out. And if you are a coach, and you want to serve people in transition, you are working with the globally mobile community, whatever that looks like for you, check out my program, Global Coach Coalition. I haven't talked about it much, but I do want to let you in a little secret that I will be opening the doors to Global Coach Coalition starting March 2023. I do not know if I will offer it again in 2023. So this is absolutely the time. Check it out, Global Coach Coalition. Go online, apply if it resonates with you, and then we can connect and have a look. That is what I know for sure. That's where my energy is for sure in 2023. There are some other things that are going on that feel like the messy middle, and I'm kind of excited because I don't know what's next. I did have a hint of that in preparing for this episode that all of the wisdom I gained from my Wisdom Fusion project. I'm sitting on like a treasure chest. Honestly, I have hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes and wisdom gained from that experience I haven't shared with you yet. So that's on my mind. Um, lots of other things are in transition for me personally and professionally, and I love it because I can't wait to see what's on the other side. Just like I couldn't see what was on the other side when I started this in 2016, 2017. I'm so grateful where I am now. I couldn't have seen it then. And that's how I feel about what's ahead. So thank you for being with me on this journey. I look forward to doing the next steps together. I've appreciated you each and every episode. So I'm going to leave you with the words of Nelson Mandela. He says, remember to celebrate milestones as you prepare for the road ahead. I thank you for listening to In Transit with me, Sunday Bean. Thank you for celebrating this milestone with me. And I look forward to the road ahead. 